Thank you for joining Mind Your Brain, a podcast of meaningful workshops to improve the quality of life for those affected by brain injury. Our goal, our mission, our passion is to give you tools and tips to reach the highest recovery possible. Please know you are not invisible to us. We see you and your struggles and we wanna help. Hi, this is Candace Gant, your host today. I'm a brain injury survivor and founder of Mind Your Brain at Penn Medicine Conferences and the executive director of the Mind Your Brain Foundation. I am also proud to be on the board of the Brain Injury Association of Pennsylvania. Today, I'm going to talk with Dr. Lee Blaine. She is a clinical director of the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic at Penn Medicine. And her clinical work focuses on trauma recovery and working with survivors of assault, abuse, and combat issues, including depression, guilt, shame, anger, disassociation, and PTSD. Dr. Blaine earned her PhD in clinical psychology from the University of Missouri, St. Louis, where she conducted research in the effectiveness of cognitive processing therapy, known as CPT for PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome. During her postdoctoral fellowship at the VA Maryland Healthcare System, she trained in prolonged exposure therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy for depression, anxiety, and panic disorders, and chronic pain and mindfulness-based interventions. Wow quite accomplished. So Dr. Blaine, thank you for being a guest on our podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Candace. It's always good to be with you. Always. Thank you. So today we're going to focus on our military and our veteran community that may still be struggling with PTSD and traumatic brain injury. So Dr. Blaine, could you start us off with some statistics about our military men and women that have brain injuries? Absolutely. Um, and, and thank you, because yes, really, um, this is a, a huge issue for our military and veteran community. So um, as folks may know, um, post-traumatic stress or post-traumatic stress disorder and TBI have become known as the signature wounds of these recent conflicts. And we know that, um, that the DODVA has actually estimated that over 400 thousand TBIs have been sustained between 2000 and 2019. Um, most of those being um, what they would qualify as in the mild category, but we know that our service members are also more likely to, to endure sustained TBIs, which can complicate recovery as well. Um, in addition to the fact that every TBI is traumatic in nature. And so there are lots of other things that may go alongside that like PTS. Um, so a really common um, injury, unfortunately, with our service members. Yes, thank you. That's just an overwhelming number. My goodness. Now, I believe I heard the most common brain injury challenges for the community that you serve are stress-related anxiety, grief, and depression. So how do you tackle those at the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic? Absolutely. So I, I should start by saying just a little bit about the clinic, I think, because it is kind of a unique setting. Um, there are lots of great ways to connect with really excellent care. Um, the way that we're able to do it within our clinic is we're, uh, we're actually philanthropically funded. We're part of what's called the Cohen Veterans Network. So it's a network of clinics 
across the country that were designed to provide evidence-based care in the best way possible. So because it's not, you know, driven by insurance requirements or, or other, you know, kind of, um, you know, high restrictive uh, eligibility criteria, we're able to serve any veteran, which means anyone who ever wore the uniform for a day, um, as well as family members, because we know how critical they are to the treatment process. Um, we're able to serve guard, reservists. So we really are trying to fill in some gaps in the community because we know access is really the critical issue, right? If you can't get access to the care, recovery becomes much more challenging. Um, and then we really focus on not just access broadly, but access to high quality evidence-based care. And that's, that's our mission. That's really how we um, see you know, our, our best way to serve our veterans and military family members. And so, as you said, there, there are a lot of related issues that come into play um, between depression, stress, anxiety, post-traumatic stress that has impacts on the family. So often we're dealing with a marital conflict or with family distress. Um, but whatever that presenting concern is, our approach is, you know, we encourage folks to come in as early as they recognize there's a challenge, if they don't feel like themselves, if they're not responding as they normally would have any kind of cues that, you know, maybe something's just not quite right. You don't have to know what it is. Um, and then coming in, meeting with a clinician, trying to figure out what is, you know, the diagnosis, which just helps to inform the game plan. And that's really all that looks like is once you have, hey, this, you know, we think there might be some depression going on or gosh, we know there is memory and concentration, but it actually might connect back to this trauma. And so would it be worthwhile to spend some time there? And we make that game plan together we set goals and then we work it forward as a team. Um, and that tends to be a pretty good strategy for us because it's so nimble and because we're drawing on those evidence-based treatments that inform care. Amazing. So how many servicemen and women in the military do you serve every year? So we, let's see, we just passed about 1600 folks served in under five years. Wow. Um, so it's, it's been, um, you know, uh, what I always say that I, I wish that I could work myself out of a job. You know, I mean, we wish that, that folks were all really feeling well, um, but we're really, uh, we're really privileged to be able to, to serve such a broad section of our community. And that's across Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, for in our case. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your work. It's just, it, it just warms my heart to know that there's help out there for our veterans and so Dr. Blaine, can you tell me as well, is you mentioned that it's also not only the servicemen and women, but their families. And do they come in together or do you do, how, how what does that look like for their therapy? Or for their yeah, life? and so, I mean, this is another thing that we really just appreciate about our model is we can be nimble and, and really make that game plan on a case by case basis. So often folks will call in and they'll kind of know, like, I really feel like I need to work on me first, or, you know, I would really like to, you know, we, we know we need couples. Um, um, but really often it's, you know, they're calling and they're like, I, you know, I know something needs to be different. You, you let's figure out what that looks like together. And so, you know, we can bring folks in for an assessment. Sometimes if it's, for example, like with PTSD or depression, um, you know, maybe the most of the work might be, you know, with the therapist and that individual client, but very regularly we're bringing in partners or supports to say, Hey, you know, this is what this treatment's going to look like. And this is how, you know, you can support at home or at least to just have a heads up because sometimes, you know, we, we need to make sure that client can come in weekly. So we've got to have that time set aside. We need folks to be able to do home practice and work on those skills, right? Because an hour once a week is going to be nothing compared to an hour once a week plus practice in between sessions, you're going to get there so much faster. 
Um, as well as sometimes, you know, even just having an understanding of this is the struggle that our service member or family member may be working through. And so their partner having some understanding and knowledge that they're working on it, they're trying to get better. They see the impacts it has on the relationship or the family. It just builds buy-in across the whole family system. And that allows people to change better and faster. Um, so it really is a really nimble model. Um, and of course we can, you know, we can see kiddos, we can bring the whole family in. Um, so we, we can adjust as needed, but I would say mostly, you know, it's individual adults usually with, um, you know, some, some support from family that varies per person, how, what they want to include. Um, but it's worked really well for people. Yeah. It takes a village. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, as you know, the, uh, retired Brigadier General Bulldog is on our board, and he always talks about being strong and asking for help. Is there any reluctance with our military men and women that they don't want to appear vulnerable, and so they may not seek help, but I think that this is a perfect opportunity to tell them to come on in. You know, I think I there are so many um, just joys, I think, in working with this population. Um, it's, I, I think, you know, there, there really is, is no greater honor for me. And I would say for my whole team than serving those who have served. Um, and that selflessness is really kind of chief amongst the, that, you know, we call it like blessing and a curse, right? It's, it's what allows people to raise their hand, put their life on the line, you know, be willing to make that ultimate sacrifice and it means that, you know, I all the time get, you know, I feel bad and somebody needs this spot more than I do, right? Because they're used to putting their brothers and sisters in arms before themselves, mm -hmm. um, which is so admirable. And so I think really it is about making sure that we are reaching to people. And I also really like to plug this issue that it's, we would love to connect before the crisis starts, right? So we really want to get ahead of it. It's easier to make those changes, you know, as far upstream as we possibly can, um, you're right that that's, there are still issues of stigma. And then there are just issues of really genuinely caring about others often more so than self. So I think our clinic, and then I would say other, you know, services that really work with veterans, we get that culture, we get the mindset. And that's why we really, you know, invite people to come in, collaborate, and also make goals and make movement and then get the heck back out of therapy, right? Because most folks that we work with don't want to be in treatment forever. And, and we don't want to see folks unless they would like that support. We want them to be able to get back to living their lives the way they want as quickly as possible. I and so can you share some of the tools and tips that you have for recovery with our listeners? For sure. And I think, you know, this will be most um, kind of most targeted towards individuals who might be dealing with TBI as well as right, because there's always that other component. If you if you have suffered a TBI, you have suffered by very nature a trauma. Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes folks are dealing with things like depression or anxiety and stress, PTS. Right. So all those issues that can start to snowball and we work really often with, with medical colleagues, right? So whether it's polytrauma or neurology um, and, and they say, hey, if we could address this, right? This depression, this PTS, whatever it is, if we could address this, we would have a lot cleaner picture of what it is that's still going on, right? So we know, you know, we, if we get into the overlap of symptoms, right? Like between PTSD and TBI, right? We know that there is fatigue. We know that there's depressed mood. We know that there are concentration issues and that stress response, right? So if we can say, hey, we've worked on the PTSD, we have tackled that memory, we have processed, we have worked to make sense of this. We have tools on board that we can keep using if distress arises, like we feel like we, we've got this really 
you know, really addressed and, and processed and handled together. Well, anything that's left then is most likely not being driven by the PTSD, right? And what a, what a help that is to, you know, the entire care team to then be able to say, okay, now we need to take a different lens when we're working towards this irritability because it doesn't seem related to the depression or the PTSD, whatever it is. So I think, you know, really being willing to, you know, try new things and, and tackle that psychological distress because it helps with the overall treatment picture. Helps you pinpoint exactly where the need is, the need is greatest. Yep, absolutely. And so tell us, you talked about that overlap of TBI and anxiety symptoms. Do you mm -hmm. recommend treatment for mental health behaviors alongside these TBI strategies? Absolutely. And I would say most of the medical providers that we work with would recommend the same. Um, that there's really no reason to wait. Um, and, and we know there's, there's a couple of different ways that this works, but every single one of them comes back down to the distress is a important because it's your life. And if it can, can help you feel better, that's reason enough. Uh, it does also clarify the medical picture and what symptoms may be remaining. Um, even once some of the psychiatric distress has hopefully been able to be resolved. Um, and we know that there's an interaction effect, right? So if we are, if, say you lose something, right? We've all had this experience. You lose something and you go, oh, I can't believe I lost that. And then there's this spiral that kicks off of, I'm a mess and I don't know where anything. And, and then the anxiety is ramped up. And then not only have you not found what you couldn't find, then you're stressed out. You're actually more likely to move quickly and make more mistakes or misplaced things, right? Which amplifies things. So it's the self-perpetuating cycle. So if we can pause that, right? If we can develop strategies for, hey, how can we keep really good track of things? That'd be great. How can we also just try not to beat ourselves up when we do lose track of things because it makes stuff worse, right? Right. And those strategies that we can build in are something that you, you know, rinse, wash, repeat, right? We need to do it day in, day out. It manages the anxiety. Often it helps with some of the other kind of things that are starting to maybe go awry that aren't, aren't working as well as we would like. And again, it kind of then helps to clarify that picture of, hey, I'm still having trouble with X or Y or Z that I'd like to be able to do better. Now we need an additional toolkit for that. So Dr. Blaine, could you tell us if any of our servicemen and women have physical disabilities in addition to perhaps a mental health question or some of the stresses, do you, do you polytrauma, do you handle all of that complication? So that's a great question. And I would say, um, you know, here at the Cohen Clinic, we really are focused on behavioral health uh, and, and emotional wellness. That's really our domain. Um, we certainly coordinate with um, medical teams, whether that's something, you know, primary care or outside psychiatry or other um, medical issues re very regularly. But there is a layer of um, kind of integration that you really can get best at an integrated service like a VA or like, you know, within Penn Medicine, there are great services to be able to have that whole team working together. Um, I would say that anyone who's working with veterans really needs to know about, you know, the many physical health impacts that service can have. It's just a very, very tough profession. Um, the vast majority of folks have, you know, had at least some time when they've been dealing with a pain issue, an injury, um, be that TBI or many other issues, back injuries are very common. Um, and so, you know, really they're, they're that kind of treatment for chronic pain, as well as treatment for, you know, any of the other numerous, numerous issues, even if you're not treating it directly, you really have to be just aware of the things that our service members are exposed to just because it, it really is a, a, a very tough job. 
so complicated. Yes, in, I mean, yes, indeed. And also incredibly, as you said before, you know, resilient and, and a strong, um, but yes, it really, um, it, it works best when things can be integrated and, and kind of have all the whole care team moving in the same direction at the same time. Thank you for that. And, and another question as well, um, can you give us some examples of what you might be working on, on in the clinic for these the military personnel? Sure. So it's, I mean, as I mentioned, you know, we serve a, a wide swath of, of our community and folks come in with all sorts of issues. I can give you a kind of a couple of common ones. Um, so, you know, especially, you know, we're talking about trauma and that's really a, a cornerstone of what we do. Trauma recovery is, is critical. We know that our veterans um, not only are more likely to experience traumatic events, in service, um, but actually our veterans um, are, it, there's been pretty good study on this, are more likely to have experienced childhood traumatic events as well. And so a good, uh, a good portion of the trauma that we're working on with folks actually was pre-service or outside of the service. Um, and so really, again, just making, you know, I think when we think about where, you know, I always look for that silver lining, right? This is a dark, heavy cloud and we know that. Um, I think the silver lining is that there are treatments that are available that really are quite effective. Um, and so I think working with someone who understands the community, right, understands, you know, what service really means, um, the impact potentially on the family, common issues that veterans, service members, and family members face, and then access to those evidence-based treatment methods. So if we take PTSD just as an example, it would be similar for depression, we talked about, you're going to come in, you're going to get an assessment. We're going to figure out what our goals are. And that's where that evidence-based care comes into place. So we use um, predominantly cognitive behavioral therapies because they've been so well studied um, and they really provide a nice structure that's so flexible and can be tailored to fit the individual, but it's just a really nice kind of a game plan, right? Because when you think about something as big as a trauma, right? Literally the worst thing that has likely ever happened to someone. And we say, well, come in and talk to a stranger about it. I mean, it's just, it's amazing, right? And so really, I think being able to show up, show that we, we, we get it to the extent that anyone outside of that person's skin can get it and that we have a plan we can support. And so we just talk through, you know, we're gonna meet weekly. We're gonna, we're going to make sure we have home practice, but it's gonna be small bites, right? We're gonna kind of work through things step-by-step. Step. And the cognitive therapy tools are so helpful that what we find is it doesn't just help people process the trauma, although it really does that, it then also helps to address things like, hey, I notice I'm stressing about work or I notice I'm snippy with the kids. And so being able to figure out what's going on, key in on it and kind of keep those positive changes going. And so it's pretty similar whether we're dealing with trauma, whether we're dealing with something like grief or depression, um, it's really using a, using a structure and a, and a, and a team-based, a collaborative plan to kind of take that big topic bit by bit and kind of work through it and give it the space it needs. Um, and I would just add, obviously, I mean, especially today, we're really thinking about our folks who have, you know, some of these kind of more general behavioral health issues going on as well, likely as having had a TBI exposure. And so we know some of the things that that can add to the plate, right? There might be more medical follow-up going on. There might be more stressors. There might also be changes in what's in kind of someone's functioning from before the TBI to after, right? And I, I love your mission of just the most recovery possible, right? So we're also really sensitive to that and build in things like, you know, if we're looking at, say, for example, home practice, right? 
well, let's think through, are there challenges in remembering home practice, right? How are we going to build that in? So we're really using Siri or Alexa to help us to remember, hey, I need to do my home practice every day at this time, right? And really kind of working with folks to make sure that whatever the plan is that we're using, really built to be successful for that individual with, you know, everything that they're, you know, coming in with, we want to just make it, you've got, you've got caregiving responsibilities. Okay, cool. We're going to make sure it fits into this time, this time frame. or, you know, you have trouble remembering stuff. All right, here's how we're going to try to tackle that as a team. It sounds like it's all tailor-made individualized to each of your patients. Yeah. Well, and I think, it, you know, that's, that's really one of the, I mean, it truly, it's a gift of being a part of the Cohen Veterans Network is just, being able to, to deliver the care the way you would design it, right? Not the way that it was handed down and dictated, but really from the ground up, being able to build it and say, we know this is gonna work best because this is what the evidence has told us. This is what clinical practice has told us and being able to make it just that. It's, it's so valuable. I, I'm just um, excited that we've had this opportunity to talk because I think it's such critical information from for our servicemen and women to to know that there's somebody in the community that really cares about them. Okay. And, and so Dr. Blaine, what advice could you give our military about getting help and finding resources? Where do you start? Yeah. And I, I think that, you, you know, there's, it's such a, <laughs> it, it's such a complicated question. I think a lot of people, um, you know, avoid um, reaching out for, for a lot of reasons. And one of them is just the logistics and the lift. I mean, it is, as somebody inside the system, it is complicated, it's hard to navigate. Um, So I think first is just thinking about why would you reach out, right? So people are like, what, when, when should I call? And I'm like, if you think, if you have any thought you should call, you should call, right? So I think there, there again, is that, that just it's never too early, actually. Like it's never, you know, you can look at this like an, like an annual physical, right? Like just get in there, get, you know, check it out. Even if it's preventative, right. Do some stress management training. Like it's like, there's never too early to be feeling better and functioning as best as you possibly can. Right. So there's no reason to wait. Um, but I think there's also that really critical of, you know, when should you, a lot of family members will ask like, when should I worry? right? Like when is it, you know, like when, when do we need to get in? Um, and I think certainly, you know, if you're seeing, um, dramatic changes, um, people often notice things like social withdrawal, like not answering the phone when people call, not making plans with others. People notice anger and irritability, fighting and conflict is a big driver. Sleep problems is a big driver. Um, and, and absolutely any time that you're getting into any sort of thoughts about not wanting to be here or ideas about harming, you know, yourself or others. I think that's, that's an extreme, obviously, but people do, you know, when, when people have been down or really stressed for a while, that stuff does come up. Um, starting to use negative habits in terms of coping, like um, drinking too much or using other substances. So all just kind of signs that, hey, you know, at this point, maybe the problem, maybe something has gotten to the extent that you need a bit of a team to support and, and, you know, kind of help to put a better game plan in place. And I like that just pop in and it, whenever they feel like, uh, maybe I need a tune-up to come and see you. And that, and I love that, you know, I, I think, you know, we have clients who come in at all stages along that continuum, folks where they're like, I'm not I'm not as sharp at work as I need to be. And folks that are like, I may not want to be here anymore. And so I think anywhere along that continuum is still the right time. Um, We can help you get from doing well to thriving. We can help you get from 
really not doing well to, you know, at a minimum surviving, hopefully feeling a lot better. Um, but I do think again, just that, that, that good news is that there is care that is available, accessible, that works. And success, um, success shows great opportunity to get on the road back yep. to your, your, your lifestyle that you've grown accustomed. Yeah. That you want to be part of a, your community yep. again. And, and in terms of the, how do you do that? I think that is, that, that is another one of, we talked about those intimidating places where it's hard to figure out, okay, what is my next step? So whether you're reaching out for yourself or for a loved one, um, I think, you know, just kind of starting to understand um, what are we looking for, right? So we, I've talked a lot about the evidence-based care. I think really kind of, you know, any, someone who is, you know, you want a licensed provider, obviously, if you're looking for therapy, therapy, but a lot of folks would use, um, would prefer other forms of support. So, you know, reaching out to um, church, you know, a parishioner, any, you know, community group reaching out through your primary care provider who can make recommendations. So anywhere where you would normally go for support can be a support and potentially then help to connect you to, you know, to other places. There are a lot of veteran support organizations. There are um, fabulous TBI support groups who could then still help to connect you. So reaching out to those supports for assistance as you kind of think, maybe I, maybe I wanna kind of check in with somebody, get some you know, professional support as well as this peer support or social support that I have, that is a great way to go at it. Um, for veterans and military family members, it's almost a little bit easier, right? Because you know, I can certainly say, you know, at the Cohen, you know, the Cohen Clinic at Penn is an option for folks. Um, if you have, uh, if you or a loved one has served pre post 9/11, we're usually able to support pre 9/11 veterans. We have a few more restrictions by the nature of our grant, but even if we're not the right place, we can always help to navigate folks. So, folks in the military veteran space, I can say just call us, and I actually will say we're actually at 844. 573-3146 or Penn Medicine backslash veterans. Um, so lots of great info on our website about how to find resources. Um, the VA, of course, does great work. Um, they offer a service called Coaching Into Care um, that I particularly like if you're worried about a loved one who has served, but they're not willing to engage in care yet. Coaching Into Care can be a great um, resource and support for loved ones who are worried and can actually help folks figure out how to support their loved one um, to potentially engage in care if they're really worried about them. Um, and then of course, for our, for our general community, our veterans and, and military family members, as well as our civilian folks, um, if you're looking through a private insurance, um, we like to use what's called Psychology Today. Um, it's a great basically compendium um, directory of you know, all the services in your area. You can look on psychology today by what insurance you have, as well as, you know, different kind of areas of expertise. If you have preferences for like a male or a female provider, anything like that, um, it's a really great resource. It's what we use to do our research when we have to make referrals. So um, hopefully just some handy options. And again, all of that's on our website as well. We really um, have a passion for helping folks to navigate access to care, whether that's with us or anywhere. Thanks for that. I'm going to ask you to give the telephone number again in a minute, but I also yes. wanted to ask you, well, what is the cost involved in making that phone call to you and to getting help? Sure. Um, well, I mean, you're, it, it, it takes, uh, <laughs> I think it takes um, gusto because I think it's just a brave act to reach out and get that support that you deserve. Um, but uh, fortunately for our clinic, it's absolutely free of charge. 
for our veterans and military family members, which um, is you know only possible because of the support of our, our donors and our funders um, who just believe in this mission as much as we do. Um, ditto, you know, with the VA, you know, they'll let you know straight away if you call their enrollment and eligibility, they'll let you know, you know, if there is any copay involved and what that'll look like. So there, there may be a charge, but I think the VA is again, a really great resource for a lot of folks to get started. Um, and then of course, you know, care that's outside, again, you can ask and folks will let you know, of course, you know, with private insurance, it gets more complicated, but, um, it's, it's usually well worth the time invested because you, it, it's, hard to remember when you're feeling bad, how much bandwidth you can get back and how quickly. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm always so in awe of, of how quickly people can make change, often with things they've been dealing with for years. It's brilliant, it's brilliant. So please tell everyone the telephone number again. <laughs> yeah, so for the Stephen A. Cohen Military Family Clinic at Penn, we're at 844-573-3146 or www.penmedicine.org backslash veterans. Perfect, perfect, thanks so much. And thank you, Dr. Blaine, for explaining your work for us and the value of this clinic that you have. I, I think it's remarkable. And, and like you, I would encourage anybody that's listening that ha wants to take that first step to, to really with gusto, with, with acknowledging that there's help out there. There's help and hope and you can provide the tools and tips. Um, yes, we will. And, and, and I think the thing that we always say to our partners, to our clients is, if we're not the right place, we will help you get there. And I would love to be able to offer that to everyone. Unfortunately, we can really only offer that to our, to our military community. But I, I think that is just our, that's our duty to really help folks. You don't, I think people are always like, I don't know if I need this or that. I'm like, you don't have to worry about that. Just call us. We can help you sort that out. That's our job. Um, your, your job is being brave and making that first call because that is not an easy thing to do. Thank you again for your time. And I would tell our listeners, there are millions that are still struggling that our listeners could help by providing this information. Visit us on our website uh, for a library of other podcasts and links to resources. We are here to help you. I wish to give you a virtual hug out there and tell you, you are not invisible to us.